Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And now we're going. Okay, now we're going. Continue I had to our pause our conversation. I know, it's we, funny. We were starting to get into a jiu-jitsu conversation before I hit record. I was like, wait, why are we not recording this? Well, part of it, because it's one of my secrets that I don't want out yet. Oh, okay. I mean, not really. Not really. But it, uh, yeah, no, we were just talking about, just last night I had uh, kind of a, breakthrough with application of a principle and just talking about how it's so much easier to try to apply principles than specific moves you know and so we were talking about just uh when people are passing your guard you know obviously the first thing is don't let them get past your legs but if they do get past your legs they're going to have to get some sort of like double upper body control they're gonna have to have both their left and their right arm controlling your upper body to consolidate it and then they can you know, consolidate their pass. And so as long as they don't get that double upper body control, it's really hard for them to, to finish the pass. And then also another one is like people, you, you can't multitask, right? You can't think of two things at once. <clears throat> so they can only pay attention to one half of your body at a time. Mm-hmm. 
And so if they're paying attention to your legs, they're not paying full attention to your upper body. And so, you know, they're, they're passing your legs because they're paying like fucking attention to your legs. So they start to get past your legs. So you recognize that and now you shift your focus to like upper body. I'm like, I'm not going to let them get to the upper body. They're still focused here. And you can almost feel when their attention shifts because they realize like, well, if I don't start focusing on their upper body, I'm not going to finish this pass. And as soon as their attention shifts to the upper body, you, then you can go back to the lower body and get a leg back in. Mm-hmm. And so like those two things, just understanding like what does someone have to have to pass your guard? And then uh, they got to get past your legs and then they got to consolidate. They got to get double upper body control and then they, then they can consolidate and they can only pay attention to one thing at a time. And so that's helped in like side control too, like that idea. Because if they're really trying to focus on controlling your hips because you're trying to get your knee in, they're not paying attention to your upper body. So you can start getting better frames or fucking, you know, using your frames to try to distract them. Because as soon as they come back up to try to address that, well, now you can go back to trying to get your legs in. And it's just this fucking game back and forth. So, but like, I know that they know that I know, you know, so that's where it gets fun, man. Against like, you know, lower level people, it does. It feels like you're playing like 3D chess. And they're like learning checkers, right? You know, because they don't even know what they're. They don't know these these react. Have no clue. But then it's fun, like you know, rolling with guys like you, because like I know you know these things. So, you know, you know when you shift your focus that you still have to keep some focus here. So, like that's the trick. Is like it's like peripheral vision, right? Like you can focus on something, but you have the better your peripheral vision is, your peripheral vision is to alert you to things that you may need to change your focus to. Yeah, you got it. you're constantly scanning and assessing, threat yes. assessing. You're scanning like, do I need to deal with this? Nope, nope, nope. Okay, I can deal with this. Yeah. And then you always, you then you're, you're always recalculating and reassessing. Yep. You know what's funny is, uh, rolling with Brazilian Nick yesterday, he was uh, kind of passing my guard. I was, you know, kind of letting him. And then I got like the armpit grip up in his gi. Mm, yeah. And he didn't respect it. And so as soon as like, I, so I got that grip and I had another frame. And so I just waited. And when, once he got past and I felt his weight get a little funky, then I just kicked my legs and I just pushed him up and over. Really yeah. just a real bullshit reversal. But I had just had the control. And after the round got done, he was like, what did you reverse me with? <laughs> And I saw you guys talking about it. And it was I, funny. I was like, dude, it was just the armpit grip. I was like, yeah. you just didn't respect it. He didn't I, have any... You didn't, know, you didn't know it was a threat. Yeah. Like, you thought you were going to get the pass. You didn't realize the frame I had was... You had inside position. Yeah, it was more, you know, detrimental to yeah. you. Yeah, he had no... You thought. You just didn't realize yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't he's, have any, uh, like, oh. any inside position on it. And you. you see it didn't sit well with him. Like, he accepted He's like, oh. And I don't think he 100% bought in. Yeah. But he will... Yeah, I was like, yeah, that armpit grip, you know, and then you get a really good grip and a post in that armpit. Like, you have to address that. Yep. Because like, it's going to shut you down. It stops rotation. You can't get a good grip and control on that side. Like, yeah, you got to deal with it. You got to get back inside. Yeah, you have to have inside position. If you don't have inside position, it's funny. Last night I got past uh, Trey's legs, and you know he's like a fucking quarter hobbit. Yeah. So he's got these <laughs> short little arms and legs, and even when you get past them, he's still like still throwing them up over there. his head. And he and he's good. And he managed to, to get inside position on me, and I was like, "Fuck!" It's funny. I thought of you. I had I kind of had like a under his head a little bit, 
and I had to fucking throw a Teddy Roosevelt on him. So it was like a super Teddy where I was like hugging his fucking face into my knee and I even had to like stop and apologize. It's like, man, this is the only control I got left, brother. It's like, you got everything else. Like I got to fucking take what I got. I've done that to Trey on more than one occasion because he is so good at getting in. His limbs are short and he gets them back inside quickly. Yes. And so sometimes you got to resort to a little more aggressive tactics. Yeah, you got to use the head a little bit. Yeah, you got to control the head. Yeah, so, but it is, man. It's all that... It's that constant scan. I was like, I got past, and all of a sudden, I was like, you know, you just start to recognize, like, I got no inside position here. I'm in fucking trouble. And and then you got to find something. Well, what do I have? What can I, oh, there's his face. <laughs> you know, oh, he's my knee in his eye. <laughs> and it's funny the different habits, you, your routines you pick up from your training partners. Uh, you know, because I, I always, I like, I try to force north-south from the bottom a lot of times. Yeah. And... Uh, Brazilian Nick is really good at taking my back. Like he will let me get north south mm-hmm. in hopes that I try the Hollywood sweep because he'll take my back. Yep. He's he does it better than anybody. He's got a move. Yeah, he understands. The he understands trap the door. Yeah, and he do he. I so I won't even attempt that sweep on him. I don't take my back off the ground because he he will be on my back quickly. Yeah. But to where Kevin, like if I go north south, he just aborts mission and just completely gets out of there. He'll give up all semblance of control. He wants nothing to do with north-south. Huh. And just start back from <laughs> yeah, a yeah. guard passing situation. That's funny. That's funny. Well, I told you, that's where I, my spread eagles come mm-hmm. from. And dude, that thing's deadly to mm-hmm. people. Because man, like, you don't, you don't people don't do like this to you very often. Mm-hmm. You don't even, you have no fucking clue what to do. And so, but yeah, that was 100% from your fucking Hollywood suite. <laughs> and, you know, it's basically backing out, but it's not backing all the way Without out. control. Yeah, it's just, I just got that inside bicep position and I'm able to use that because you need that to, to roll me. Rotate. And as soon as, if you do, if you try to go for it, you kind of have to extend your arm a little bit to go for that sweep. And then that gives me the leverage to fucking spread the arms out and pin them down. And then, like, you can't fucking move. I can't tell you how many times that move has saved my ass since I really started to use it more. Because people get, especially big guys, like, you know, people who are strong and they go to fucking, like, push you off. And, you know, going to north-south is good, but it's a, it's a scramble. Like, if they get inside position, you know what I mean? It's still a fucking scramble. And so just making sure on that way to north-south, I get that double inside bicep and spread them out. And then it's like, it fucking, it shuts down their movement. And if they really commit to moving away, like, I know where they're going. Right. And I can take their back or I can do something uh, with it. So, but it's 100% because of your ass. <laughs> but it is, dude. It's funny, the shit you, your, your game develops mm-hmm. because you're trying to solve problems that your training partner training regularly present to you. Yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, how do I not get fucking sweat from north-south? It's with the same sweep that I know is coming. So... Everybody's got their answer. Everybody's you got three different people. Answer. You got three different, three different answers. answers. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's such a ridiculous move. Again, dude, I kind of stumbled upon that at Blue Belt, and I've been using it ever since. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, man. You hit things or stumble on things, and you're like, huh, that works. It seems so, to work. Seems I'll to work. It. That's how your fucking game develops, yeah. which is fun. Looking forward to wrestling again today. Yeah. Know, my legs are a little tired. I put in my first day of skiing yesterday. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Did you go by yourself? Yeah. I I was. I asked uh, Joel. He had to work, and then the Mauler, uh, was Mauler's snowboarding buddy. He uh, he had I think like his EMT graduation or some bullshit yesterday. All oh, right, on. It's annoying. Like ah, come on, man. Let's go skiing. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. It's dumb. You you passed the class. What are you gonna do? Go throw your hat? 
Yeah. yeah come on. <laughs> I skipped my high school graduation. I mean, what the fuck? I didn't tell him that, but hopefully nah, he'll hear this on the podcast. Congratulations. Congratulations. Bro. Yeah, man. That's, that's a tough course. I, I, made, I went through that course a few years back. Yeah. EMT course there. The same same one he's doing. Yeah, dude. It's time consuming. Like You yeah. got to put your time in. You got to study. And... Well, they want to make sure you are committed. <coughs> you yeah. Know, you just... don't want to be hurting anybody. No, no, no. no. <laughs> there's just certain hurdles they need you to overcome. Yeah. Even if it's just showing that you're that serious that you're going to put in all that time. Mm-hmm. So... Well, that's cool, man. So yeah, you said uh, yeah, it was a good day, dude. Good, fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Well, it was first, a beautiful day yesterday. Yeah, first day back on skis, and I don't know. I'd have to say roughly seven, eight years, because I moved out here thirteen years ago. I skied for the first three because I grew up skiing, and then uh, my motivator to switch over to snowboarding was uh, my wife at the time was snowboarded, and you know, being that I grew up skiing, like I skied pretty fast, and so, and she hadn't gotten real good at snowboarding yet, so it was just slow. And so it was just annoying because I get down to the bottom of the run and just have to wait. Yeah. I just have to wait. I was like, all right, I need to be new at something, so I go just as slow. And so I was like, let's switch to snowboarding. So I switched over and I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so yeah, I snowboarded for you know eight years roughly. But I had the inkling to get back into skiing this year, get the AT setup. It's called an Alpine touring setup. Yeah. So it's you know like for our listeners, your Alpine skiing is what you see most people doing. You know, like ski racing, if you see the Olympics, that's considered alpine skiing. Alpine touring is a very similar setup, but the binding's a little different, and the boots can be different also, to where you can ski just like alpine skiing, you're all locked into the ski, but then if you want to climb up the hill or traverse, you can unhook unhook your heel, mm-hmm. and then you put what's on the bottom called climbing skins, which is like this felt grippy stuff, Yeah, and then you can basically cross-country ski. Yeah, up, uphill Nordic so, track your Nordic, way up so, the yeah, hill. Yeah, you're, you're, exactly, <laughs> you're going to Nordic track your way up the hill. Exactly, yeah, so fuck yeah, man. I didn't do any of that yesterday. Yesterday was just getting my skiing legs back under under me. You know, remembering how to do it. Yeah, and the first run was a little shaky. <laughs> I bet, man. But uh, it wasn't bad. It was coming back to me pretty fast. Yeah, I still got some definitely some more practice to do. Sweet. But uh, yeah. tomorrow, I think I'm going to head up and do some skiing. I'm going to go practice. I'm not going to spend all day up there. Just head out early in the morning and. Yeah. skin up the mountain you know forego the chairlift and then do a rundown and maybe grab a couple runs with yeah. the chairlift but <laughs> we'll try the skinning process tomorrow and see oh yeah dude I'm anticipating that's gonna be a very strenuous workout probably it's not gonna be easy no so so you'll love it I will love it yes <laughs> find a way to make myself suffer that's right not man. only am I gonna be terrible at it because te- there's gonna be some technique to it but you're up at eight, 9,000 feet climbing uphill vigorously yeah it's gonna be taxing so <clears throat> then i'm gonna wear my heart rate monitor just to see how high my heart rate gets fuck yeah dude track that workout where, yeah one of my see chest what that training load looks like <laughs> just for yeah. shits and giggles yeah that would be interesting but, yeah man pumped i like winter time cool i do i don't like it for work yeah i do that's you could you asked me i meant to address this with you because you asked me a question uh uh, to come up with a book idea to give to new students at oh, Fruit yeah. of BJJ. Yeah. I have had zero mental resources to fucking contribute to that yeah. process this week. Dude, it was a, it was a tough week, man. Like, just all the snow and Telluride. And, oh, dude, I worked. Every day was like 12 plus hour day. You know, if not, you know, there was, yeah, I had to, they, there was so much work to do. They sent two of us to Telluride one day and I got done. I was at one part of town. This other guy was in another part of town. I got done at like four o'clock and I called him to see where he was at because he wasn't familiar as familiar mm-hmm. with and he's not as experienced as I am. A little bit younger fellow, he's like twenty five, twenty six. 
And, dude, I called him at, like, 4 o'clock, and he had only made one delivery so far. He had trouble putting on chains. He didn't have much driving experience in the mountains. Yeah. He hadn't really been trained up properly, and they shouldn't have sent him. Right. They, they knowing this, they shouldn't yeah. have sent him. Uh, he, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and he had, like, a full trailer full. I was like, fuck, dude. And I could have just said, like, oh, that sucks, man. <laughs> Good luck. And like, but I, could, I cannot get yeah. somebody. So I went and met him in town. I had to back my trailer up to his, take a bunch of his deliveries off his trailer, put it on mine. I gave him specific instructions, like, you're going to go here, then you're going to go here, and then you're done for the day. These other ones are going back to the yard. You call the boss, tell him I told you to do that. That's just what's happening right now. Yeah. And I had to go do the other three or four deliveries. Yeah, so I didn't get home until like 10, 10.30 that night. Oh, man. And that was on Tuesday. And so that just puts you behind the ball because you never play catch-up. You know, because then I'm dragging ass come Wednesday. And then I work another fucking 12, 13-hour day on Wednesday. And I get home and get six hours of sleep at best. Yeah. wake up and do it again. It's like, God damn it, man, dude. By the time I got out of work on Thursday, I was like a zombie. Just like gave zero fucks about anything. I was just so dead, dude. Like so dead. I was like, I'm not going skiing tomorrow. Fuck, dude. I'm so spent. But I woke up. And once I got off skiing, dude, I was like re-energized. I felt good. So something motivated to do. Stuff with some energy Energy. in that. Being out on the outside. Like, dude, I love being outside in the mountains, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. Just the cold air in the lungs and your face. Like, it's, it's good. So, yeah, well, good, the man. world was right. I went and skied and I did some jujitsu. I kind of set my world straight for nice the chaos I dealt with. Yeah, yeah, that's the way you got to do it. That's and then, what it's there for. And then I had a great conversation on my other podcast yesterday with Paul. Nice. The skeptic and the pastor. We'll be putting out episode number two on Monday. Cool. Every fortnight. Every fortnight, exactly. On Monday. It's not just a video game. Nope. Every <clears throat> fortnight or bi monthly. Bi monthly, yeah. So every other Monday. So yeah, we had a great conversation. We we were talking about why do people have a bad impression of organized religion? <laughs> that was the topic of conversation. More uh, directly, why do I have a bad impression? Of yeah, okay. My experience, Your personal experience, my personal experience. Right. Yeah. So it's good. Never in my life did I ever think I'd sit down and talk to a pastor like, hey, this is why I think organized religion is stupid. I guess that's true. You don't get those opportunities very often. You don't, often. man. So it was really cool. I mean, it's yeah. really open and good conversation. It's not, neither one of us is trying to win. Yeah. You know, he was, he's not, it's not like he's trying to convert me over into his church. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make him quit being a pastor. You know, there's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're both coming from a good place and it's just... Just a conversation. Just a conversation. Yeah. That's true. I used to, because my dad was a preacher, and so we would sometimes have those conversations, which always, you know, there is, man. There's a difference between, like, organized religion and necessarily the message behind the, you know, behind it, you know, (laughs) like, you know, I'd point out to my dad a couple times, like, you know, Jesus never referred to himself as a Christian, you know, that was a name that the world made to call his followers. And so that's a different thing. You know, like if if Jesus wanted, you know, I'm here to create this and this is what you guys would become. You know, he easily could have fucking done that, like given a name to his group and or whatever. But uh, yeah, once you start doing that, 
once you start organizing, because humans, man, they can't help it. It, it. Once you get organizations going and you get the human factor, it's so hard to keep from turning into some sort of like power struggle. Because that's what it basically boils down to. Like the reason, again, just my impression is that organized religion, the reason that people have a bad impression of it is because it has been used and is used to exert power over people and not necessarily in a good way, whether you're in, so, yeah. Then, you know, that was one of the points I brought up. You know, the point I brought up was, you know, how dogmatic a lot of religions can be. Yeah. You know, they just, oh no, there's a heaven. That's what happens when you die. God created us all. I'm like, that's cool if you believe that. But don't bullshit me. You don't know. Don't know. No one knows. No. And, you know, and, and Paul was cool with that. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh. He's like, we have faith that yep. this is where we came from. This is where we're going. Blah, blah. He's like, but, yeah, we don't know. That's the whole and, thing. Yeah. That's what's called faith. Faith. Yeah. And, you know, so we talked about that. But, yeah, you get, that's what a lot of it turned me off when I was young. is because it was so, you know, Christian or Catholic especially in that denomination. It seems to be a little more dogmatic. And just, yeah. this is what the Bible says. This is it. Yeah. There's not a lot of gray area in Catholicism. Well, they got a fucking dude with a big white hat that yeah. is like literally their version of God on earth that yeah. rules on this shit. So like if he says that birth control is wrong. That's it. Boom. There's no gray that's area. It. There's no nothing. There's, There's no, no nothing. And, that, that, and I think that's a big part of what, you know, turned me, a big part of what turns me off from it. Yeah. Is that. Yeah. Because it encourages people to not think for themselves on some level. And, but, you know, there's a fine line, right? There's a tension between it. It's just it can't get taken too far. Like, yep. we know the thing that really turned me off to it was uh, being Church of Christ. I don't know what the hell. Because, you know, like, what the funny thing is, it's like churches, like, they think that their way is the way. So, like, even other Christian churches are wrong. wrong. Yep. So, like, you know, we're Church of Christ. And so it was all about the Baptists. I don't, you know what I mean? It was just like, because they're both Southern, like we're down in, you know, Texas, like Baptist is definitely a Southern, right. strongly, Southern Baptist. Strongly, right. strongly represented in the South. Right. And, you know, Church Christ is as well. But that was like the thing. It's like, oh, you know, those Baptists, they don't think that you have to be baptized to be saved. That, you know, that once you believe that you're saved and the baptism is just a symbol of it. But, you know, it says that if you're not baptized, you're not saved. So, you know what I mean? Like, and this is it. This is what they're fought. And it was like, you know, they... Argue, like they actually would were like one of us is getting into heaven over this yeah you know what i mean yeah. like to that point and like i i remember like <clears throat> like i remember what, where it was it was like a class or something and and you know i i like to fucking raise shit so i'm always asking questions <clears throat> and like dude one of the guys literally like he didn't i think when i phrased the question this way he took pause because he realized where his train of thought was going but it's like like, are you going to be happy if you get to heaven and all the Baptists are kept out? Like, is that going to make you happy? Like, that should not make you happy, man. Like, this is not a like, oh, I'm right. And, you know, that makes you're me happy. Gonna, you're all going to burn it out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, you better hope to God you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it, like if, if you don't want that, like, if is that really going to make you happy if you get to heaven and you find out that like, yeah, all the gays and all the, you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. That's going to make you happy? You're going to be sitting there going like, ha ha, I told you. It's like, dude, no. Like, that should that should not be a source of uh, of pride and happiness, you know? And I think that's why, again, I've, I think why Jesus talks so much about, like, don't judge people. Right? Worry about yourself, man. Worry about yourself. God, it's, it's for God to judge. So if God decides that gays get in, 
Are you going to be fucking mad? <laughs> right. You're going to be dude, what the fuck, man? You're going to argue? Like, it's stupid. Like, if you take it to that point, I think most people would realize, like, holy shit. Like, that's not really what I want to say. But that is kind of, if you take what I'm saying and my actions and stuff to their logical conclusion, that is kind of what I'm saying. And yeah, you're going to have those people who are like, fuck yeah. You know, I'll be sitting there, woohoo. But I think most people wouldn't but they don't fr- they don't think about it that way mm. you know it's it, they get into this tribal us versus them without realizing like okay well what is the conclusion of this right like at the end of all of this if you're right what does that mean and that makes you happy like it, it shouldn't really, yeah it shouldn't you don't want to be right no if that's your line of thinking yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and again it's not up to you to decide anyways like you know this is a personal thing between you and god and you let god you know it's between them so, yeah, that's the hard thing, man. It's the fucking, the judgment part where people are like, you know, this is it. And we're not talking about it. This is it. And it's like, man, all right. But yeah, it can it can be used to manipulate people. That's what gets, uh, yep. where things and get it has, fuzzy. It has, it has for, for sure. Years. It is today. Hundreds like, of years. Yeah, it still is. Still is. Still is. So, but that's, that's the thing, though, is like you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because no. there are good things that come with it like there are there is wisdom within the these things and so just pretending that it's not because because of the stuff you don't like yeah yeah that's that's like you know can't do that can't do that right there's a lot of ancient wisdom in that and he we even talked about that a little bit because i'm reading that the cave in the light there yeah and you know i bet you if you were to read the bible and the cave in the light side by side there's a lot of overlap you know, in the wisdom they talk about and in the wisdom and the message the Bible preaches. Yeah. There's a ton of overlap. It's just ancient wisdom. It's really, if you look at, you know, the religious text as ancient wisdom, as opposed to some mystical higher right. being, you know, sending the magic tablets down from above. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it all kind of depends on how you frame it. Yeah. Look at it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it is exactly. It's how you frame it. Because those yeah. ideas had to come from somewhere. Yep. Where did it come from? Who, yeah, who cares? Who knows? Who cares? Right, but that's the thing, though. Right. Is like, but at the end of the like, they came from somewhere. They came from somewhere. They came from somewhere, <laughs> and it's like either you think that humans just came up with them all by themselves, or but like the thing is, we've all experienced these flashes of like insight that it's it's like, hmm, like where the hell did that come from? Like that wasn't necessarily me, and so if you think that like, well, there is like something bigger, and there are, you can tune in and have insights uh you know that it helps provide so it's like you know it's meditation versus prayer right like it's, it's just some of its semantics yep. um but at the end of the day it's like you know if you believe that there's something bigger than this and that there is a way to um that that, that your monkey mind and your thought patterns can be can can be negative and and there's a better way to control them and try and and uh live your life and and things like that it's like like that's what you know at the end of the day like that's what it boils down to it's like either you believe that or you don't and if you believe it then you need to figure out how the fuck you're going to improve yourself and it's kind of like running jujitsu school it's not a secret you know if you look back through like the ancient you know it's it's not a secret and so the um so yeah there are you know, things you can do, but you have to want to because you think you need to. Sure. So. 
on a much lighter note. Yes. Uh, prior to Paul and I's conversation yesterday, he brewed us the cup of coffee. The siphon. With a siphon coffee yes. maker. This is a new experience for me. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. A little ridiculous. But yeah. It's really cool, though. I mean, it's. I think another name for it is vacuum coffee right. maker. And it's, dude, I think some sort of chemist, you know, science dude, oh, was, yeah. was at home bored one day. And he had some beakers he's, and some Bunsen burner. out of a fucking... Yeah, Bunsen burner yes. and a beaker and yes. shit. And he's like, you know what? I can apply these principles. I can make some coffee and, yeah. just, and sell it. And so that's what he did. And so if anybody's curious as to what I'm talking about, go to YouTube, type in Siphon Coffee Maker. Yeah. And you'll see. It's a pretty cool process. Brews a good cup of coffee. Man, it literally is. Like when I saw that, I was like, that is what happens. Some dudes are sitting there in their <laughs> lab and they were like, man, you know what? I wonder if this would work with coffee. Yeah. Because that principle they're using, you know, they use that to for extract for something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They use it to extract liquid from something, from something. some sort of material. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, man, we just fucking throw coffee grounds in there. I wonder what that'll taste like. Make sure you clean that thing good first, man. <laughs> But it is, it is yeah. a pretty cool process. It is. It looks fucking sweet. It is pretty sweet. Yeah, if you're like, if you're into the whole... It's a little over the top. It is. It's like the Danny. opposite of the Keurig. <laughs> it is the exact opposite of the Keurig. Yes. You got it is unnecessarily complex. You got, it is. You got the Keurig where you can just put water in it, turn it on, and hit go. Unnecessarily simple. And this one you have open flames and beakers and all kinds of shit. Yes. It's a process. It is a process. It's a process. It, but... Once you know the process, it doesn't take much longer. Yeah. It really doesn't. No. Because if you, because the, the longest part of it is just heating the water up. And then you got to let your coffee steep for four minutes anyways. But if you run your tap water really hot and put that in your beaker and then you put your Bunsen burner under it, it heats up really quick. You know, so it's not terribly much longer than mm-hmm. usually how I make my coffee is like in a French press. Yeah. Like I got one of those electric kettles. Yeah, heats, heats the water up, and I pour it over the grounds, let it steep for four minutes, and then press it. Very similar, you know, scenario. Yeah, the times very similar, except for I don't have an open flame trying to burn my house down. Right. Yes. <laughs> a few differences there. A few differences. Yeah. No, I mean it. It looked. It's cool, pretty, it's, it's, sure. it's a cool experience for sure. I'm sure some coffee nerd out there is screaming at us like, "Oh, I'm sure it makes all the difference. It's the only way to drink your coffee, motherfucker." I'm sure there's debates out there, and then there's the siphon method, and then there's the pour over method. Yes. Yeah, and I I gotta say I am disappointed in Paul. He did not check the temperature of the water to make sure it was appropriate for the coffee. Well. That and I, according, I would say according point, to the YouTube video I watched, that yeah. was an important step. Well, so I, he failed us in that. I think that YouTube video was for white belts, and Paul maybe like you know purple no. belt or something. He's like a white no, point. he's a white belt. Oh, he just started. This is brand new. He's done. Uh, he's been doing. He's been doing it for like a week. Oh, uh, see, he's like that white belt. He's hit yeah. an arm bar a couple times. And so showing the world. Thinks he knows what's up. So he needs uh, to step his game up. Yeah, gotta carry that. Water, he's got. He's got to have a thermometer. Water thermometer. Should have checked the temperature. Would have been a better cup of coffee, Paul. Details, man. I'll let him know. Okay. I'm disappointed I'm in his sure. co- coffee making. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that matters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, it's a thing. Yeah. Anyways, everything's got a thing. So. So you can, there's levels to everything. Yes. And you can always take things too far. Yes. I think that thing might fall into that category. Maybe. I'll bet somebody's got something even more oh, ridiculous. Well, of course. So I went to Amazon. I was like, well, how much does a setup like this cost? You know, 
looks like the cheapest end is like 60 bucks roughly right yeah of course there's levels to everything you can go too far i saw these huge contraptions that were like 250 bucks and I don't know how big they were. Obviously, look, I didn't look at the dimensions on Amazon, but this was like a three-tier thing, and it was a very elaborate. And once you get into the whole like beakers and you know, the whole burgers. chemistry setup, yeah. man, I'm sure you've got uh, like once you understand it, it's probably like Legos, you yes. know? Oh, God, man, fucking look at this thing that I built. So then they can sell it. Well, it was, it was a cool experience, though. I was pumped you did that for us. As I'm sitting here criticizing his coffee-making technique. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, if I have a chance to try it, I'll try it. Now I know. I think I saw one. God, now it's like, I forget where the hell I was. I think we are maybe in Salt Lake. And there was a coffee bar that we walked by. And I remember seeing inside, it was like, man, I think, yeah, I think you were with us. We were walking, it was after Aquila. We were walking by and it was like this... uh, we were walking on our way to get lunch. Uh-huh. And it was one of the shops. And I remember looking inside and being like, what the fuck is that? It Did looked like a giant hookah. Oh, like, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. It was yep. a hookah. But it was a coffee bar. And I was like, what the hell? And that's probably, that's what it was. I they were they siphoned. Were, I bet you they were doing coffee something like makers. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense. Hmm. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. It's ringing a bell. So it's a thing. It is a thing. It's a thing. So. <laughs> right, buddy. I'm glad I've seen it and experienced it. Cool. Anyways, I just wanted to share that with the world. Nice. Oh, Snakey's looking for a fish. He's chewing on something. I don't know what he's munching on. I don't know either. What the fuck's he doing? He's coming for you. Yeah, he's trying to figure out if he can fit me in his mouth. Oh, oh, oh he got it. Yeah, he had dropped a fish down. Yeah, or maybe the fish had fucking jumped jumped out. out or something. They do tend to try to commit suicide from time to time. Like I said, I'm not sure what's worse. Like... Drying suffocating. out and suffocating or getting swallowed by a snake. And suffocating in the snake's belly. Yeah. Either way, you're suffocating, right? Yeah. Guess so. I don't know. I would have to assume. I mean, I've never, I don't know how a fish dies inside a snake, but they don't chew them. They just swallow them. Mm-hmm. So, and you still, and you'll see that little, you'll see his belly moving. So that fish is still alive for a certain amount of time in that snake's yeah. belly. I'm sure it's just suffocation. Because I don't know if, I don't know if snakes. I'm sure there's, it'd be a little more terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot, you know, fish is, anyways, I try not to think about it too much. It is a little morbid when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's like I keep them for a while. I get a bunch of fish and take care of them, feed them, and then it's like, okay, today's the day. It's like, I got a fucking fish farm. Yeah, just Free range fish. Yeah, you can't name your cows. No. You don't name your fucking the animals that you know are going to no, the slaughterhouse. No. no, they're just you know you you take care of them and whatever, but you know that you can't give them a fucking name. He's gonna get attached to them. Nobody's named Nemo. I don't got no Nemos in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, <coughs> anyways. Anyways. So we were gonna talk about uh, the fucking Pavel Satsulin interview. That we listened to, both listened to uh, that. It was the most recent one. Yeah, it was really recent. Joe Rogan. Past few days here. So yeah, so Joe got old Pavel in. and So it was funny, man. I was really curious to hear like what your take was. So it was real funny that we both had the exact same take on his interview, which uh, was that he's a super smart guy, but he definitely is so slanted towards kettlebells. And if you don't, 
realize that if you don't know it, you don't catch all the kind of subtle little things that he does to, you know, slant things in that direction. Right. And so it, uh, but anyways, overall it was a great interview. I mean, if people haven't heard it yet, and again, if you don't know who Pavel Sotsilin is, that's the guy between the, or behind the, like, you know, the Russian kettlebell uh, certification was their original one, and now he's with Strong First, but just really one of the guys that helped popularize kettlebells in this country. He's basically like the, one of the pioneers of kettlebells here in the States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, man, when you understand, like, Dan, was it Dan Duquesne? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that guy's a, a marketing wizard. So it's like you had, it wasn't just Pavel and, and the power of, like, the kettlebell being the best thing. He also got a good marketing engine behind him that saw the potential for it and so and again not everything like that works out right there was definitely good things it was a combination of things but there was a huge marketing uh engine behind kettlebells i mean man you remember in the beginning like oh yeah i've talked about before like i refused to have anything to do with kettlebells when they first came out because I was so turned off by the marketing. Well, it was like they make it sound like if you were just in the same room as a kettlebell, you're 10% stronger. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, and if you touch one, if you just touch a kettlebell, it's like That's it. you're, you're a hardened man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the way it's the AK-47 of, you know, uh, of, of fitness of fitness, and, and, you know, creates hard men and, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, what? What? How? Like, what do you... So... Yeah, the marketing was so over the top, but man, it worked. It got people into it. Really uh, appealed to um, you know like the the military and and kind of that uh, side of things because um, you know again it's got good good uses for for that. It's a great tool, but the uh, the marketing hype behind it that really got it going was just so over the top. It, yeah, and so it wasn't just kettlebells winning on their own merit you know like that's not exactly what happened it was it was that plus a really good marketing engine behind them and so but you fast forward to today and it's like well what now like that's it like people have kettlebells have been marketed as this end-all be-all tool and so you have we've talked about it before like if you are deep in the kettlebell world you know if you've spent thousands of dollars on certifications and workshops and you know this is your your tool it's really hard to see outside that and you definitely it's hard to like admit that you may have been like hoodwinked a little bit yeah just you you didn't you, you just there was more to it there were more things it wasn't it wasn't that simple right and so but yeah that was you know the you know, like I said, it, it's a good tool, but it's the thing that we that drove me nuts about that interview, though, like I said, was how we kind of set things up. And like we talked about how like the first thing was how we set things up is like, well, your three uh, modalities that you have are body weight, barbell and kettlebell. And it's like, no, it's not. He, and he mentioned like dumbbells. Like, oh, but he's like all dismissive. It's usually just like, you know, auxiliary work. People don't really work with dumbbells. And so it's like, let's not even pretend that we need to discuss them. And he's been preaching that for years. I remember yeah. reading old Pavel stuff. Yeah. He's always been the same way. Yep. Just Well, if any good commander knows that if you can choose your battlefield, you have a much higher chance of winning. So if he can choose the battlefield by setting up, well, here's the argument. It's body weight and barbell and kettlebell. Now let's discuss these three modalities. And you can see where kettlebells would have an advantage 
you know, obviously combining all three would be the best thing. I thought it was kind of ironic that at the end he's like, well, what do I do? I do swings and dips. Weren't dips a body weight exercise? So even you're not just doing kettlebells, right? So, but if you have to choose one for some reason, then you could see where kettlebells would have some like pluses over just barbells or just body weight. And so, but that's not the argument, right? Like you can, so does that, you know, can you do the same thing with dumbbells? Like I'd argue that just using dumbbells would be real similar to what you're doing. Like, what are you doing with a kettlebell that you can't do with a dumbbell? Anything. There's anything, anything you can do with a kettlebell, you can do with a dumbbell. Yes. Yeah, even a you swing. Swing, you can do You can do yep. a swing. Yep, you can do a swing. There's no reason why you can't. If you need some offset thing, guess what you do? You grab a towel or a rope and, and you wrap it around the dumbbell and you, got and you make a handle and you've got an offset load just like yep. you do. You can do presses like that. Yep. Right? You, you can do everything. Everything, right? The exact same thing. Exact same thing. So, you know, to just like pretend that dumbbell training isn't an option is not accurate. And then the other two tools that we talk about all the time. Uh, heavy Indian clubs and steel mace, they exist. Like, they're there. Like, you can't pretend that they don't exist. Well, you can't, right? Man, and that's exactly, it's weird that he does that. Like, he, and, uh, it's it's kind of surprising that he's never jumped on that train and, like, sold instructionals with clubs and your maces. But his whole thing is the kettlebell. Just kettlebell. It is the kettlebell. But he didn't even mention them. No, and th- that wasn't. It. And those two words never even got said no. in that entire conversation. I was a little surprised. You know, I don't expect it because you know, again, like Joe's a great interviewer. He's not super intelligent in some areas, and like training is one of those areas where he's really he's he's just a meathead. He's a meathead. He just goes hard. He knows what he knows because he's talked to some smart people, but he doesn't really understand the principles right. behind what he knows, and so it's really easy for him to get baffled mm-hmm. with shit. And, uh, and so I was surprised. I mean, he's got a fucking stake in a company that sells clubs and maces. Clubs and maces. I know he never even brought them up. And at no point did he bring up what about clubs and maces? Yeah. I was, I was, I was hoping for that. Me too. I wanted to say, I was like, oh, I cause I've never heard, I've never researched it, but I've never heard Pavel talk about him. I'd like to hear his I'm thoughts sure he on him. I'm sure he dismisses it. I'm sure he just dismisses it, but I wanted to hear it. I want yeah. to be like, okay, how is he going to say the Indian club swing is inferior to the kettlebell swing. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear this. I want, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, damn it. The question never got asked. No. Yeah. And and you know, man, it's kind of like, it's funny. It's like clipless pedals versus flats in the mountain biking world. Like clipless pedals have to, they have to frame their argument in a certain way because if they pretend that the truth exists, they realize they lose. Mm -hmm. So they, they can't, they can't admit that this is here. And so that's, I feel like that's kind of the thing with those things is like, man, there's no way on earth you're ever going to argue that the kettlebell swing is a better exercise than a heavy Indian club swing. It is just, it's not, it's not a better exercise. And so if you've put all of your, your, you know, eggs in that kettlebell, kettlebell swing basket though, you can't acknowledge that the Indian club swing exists because you know that if people knew that it existed and how much easier it was to do, how much better it was, how much more functional it was, how much more variety of movements you have with it, they would probably start gravitating towards it. And it's going to affect your sales. It's going to affect your sales. And in a world where the Indian club swing is better and more functional than a kettlebell swing, like they can't they can't win in that world. So they have to set up a world 
Where that doesn't exist. This doesn't even exist. And pretend it's just not even a thing. Not even a thing. Exactly. And, you know, so that's, yeah, that's the, that's, unfortunately, like I said, we've talked about this many times, but that's the problem. The kettlebell community is going to be one of the biggest um, roadblocks to the acceptance of these new tools because they become the new establishment, Mm -hmm. right? Like they were the, the rebels going against the bodybuilders and blah, blah, blah. And they've kind of supplanted them on some level, at least in like the functional training world. So now they're on top and they have territory that they have to protect. And so they're, uh, those fish are just those trying fish are, to get away. They're going kamikaze today. Yeah, it's like, not working though. It's like, it's like the fish had a conversation in that bowl. Like, hey dude. Frank, go for Frank, it. Frank, go for it dude. Carl, get out of here. Yep. Like, this fish, this snake is going to get us. This yep. is your opportunity. Go, yep. I'll distract him. I don't know what's on the other side, but it's got to be better than this. <laughs> Oh, and then he's over in the wood chips dying. Like, this is not a good choice. Not a good choice. I'm still getting eaten. Sorry, we got totally no, dude, this funny snake. snake is entertaining, man. Yeah. I love that snake. But, uh, so yeah, so that was like a little uh, frustrating yeah. was, you know, just kind of how he framed that uh, argument because it's not entirely accurate. Um, and then the other one was how he tried to say that doing a fucking, that jumping was going to be harder to do than a kettlebell swing. Yeah, yeah. basically it was. It ta- he was implying that it took more coaching to do a proper jump than it would to do a proper kettlebell swing. And I will... That's just such bullshit. It's bullshit. That is, that is bullshit. I will argue that all day long and I will show it. Because like, that's actually how I came across, started doing this. Because I, I was doing a, a kettlebell workshop. It was time to do swings. There was someone that like... Dude, like you just weren't, he couldn't touch his toes, right? Like any any good kettlebell guy will at least admit like, yeah, there has to be some progression. Like they have to be able to touch their toes, to be able to do a good hip hinge, to be able to do a good swing, right? And so if you check and someone can't touch their toes, you know they're not going to be able to do it. If you check and they can't do a hinge, you know they're not going to be able to do it. So there are things that you should be checking before you fucking put a kettlebell in someone's hand and just start saying swing, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not that easy. That's the other thing that drives me nuts about the kettlebell community. They act like that's how it is. Like you can take anyone off the street and within a matter of minutes have them safely doing kettlebell swings. That is bullshit to the fucking nth degree. And that's the Kool-Aid he pushes. Yes. And I don't know why everybody just... Well, that. Because it's the emperor's new clothes. You think that you're the only person who has problem coaching it. Wow. No one else does because no one else talks about it. And you have this guy on top saying how easy this is and blah, blah, blah. And so you think that you're the only person that's having problems. So obviously you're the problem. You don't want to go saying anything because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. And, 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 and then have everyone turn around being like, Oh, what the fuck's wrong with you? You're a faker, right? Oh, you're this big member of the kettlebell community, but you can't get people to do swings properly? Like, what the fuck's up with that, man? So no one's going to admit that they, that something's not right, right? It is the emperor's new clothes. And no one wants to admit that old boy's naked because they're afraid that no one else sees it and they're going to be called out. But I think that, you know, that's bullshit, man. I think that people should be more open about, like, man, this kettlebell swing is not is easy and and uh, injury-free as people make it out to be, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And so, but the thing was, like I said, like I'm, I'm doing as, you know, the things you're supposed to do to make sure someone can do a swing. And this guy was not a candidate. And I could see that he was disappointed. And I'm trying to think, well, what do I give him? What is a swing? It's an explosive hip hinge, yep. right? There's nothing magical about the swing exercise. We're practicing an explosive hip hinge. It's just a way to practice that 
that movement principle. So I'm like, okay, well, what can he do? It's like, well, he can jump. All right, we'll do a fucking broad Broad jump, jump, man. Just jump from here to there. And I watched the motherfucker execute a halfway decent hip hinge. Mm -hmm. And that's what hit me. It's like, wait a minute. This guy can do an explosive hip hinge, but he can't do a swing. So the swing is not as this fucking magically functional thing. You have to teach someone to do a swing. They can do an explosive hip hinge. And then the Indian club came down the road, and that's when I'm like, well, this is just like a broad jump. And then you put an Indian club in someone's hands, and all of a sudden, oh, especially if you have them catch at the top instead of just doing repeat, it's like all of a sudden, like I can take someone and safely have them doing Indian club swings in like five to ten minutes. If they have like the, the movement prerequisites, we still right. need to make sure they can move properly but that's something i could never do i could never make that claim with a kettlebell and be honest about it and yeah so i don't know man that whole fucking scene drives me nuts how the kettlebell community is just they are all bought in on this kettlebell swing and no one wants to admit that dude it's not easy to coach and it does fucking hurt people there has to be a better alternative and there is it's the fucking indian club swing so there you go. <laughs> that was just one of the things. Yeah, it is frustrating how dismissive he was of that, and just, yeah, and misleading. And I was really hoping Joe was going to ask some good questions, but I forget when forget when it comes to training. That yeah, like you said, he's not super intelligent in the training realm. He works out hard. Yeah, and, I mean he's fit. He's been exposed to he's some been, smart people. Right, but he doesn't like he doesn't he doesn't really understand. No, what he's doing or why he doesn't understand the principles. And you, you can just tell so even some of the questions he was asking. Yeah, he was like, "Come on, man! Yeah. Like, really? That's that's what you're asking right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm a JRE fan. Dude. I listen to every. No, episode, no, no, you know, for I, sure. It, but yeah, it's just like yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it's funny is that a lot of people I think see. You know, Joe is being like a fitness expert and a super fit dude. But you really, when you hear him talk to some of these guys, like his interview with Steve Maxwell, mm-hmm. and Pablo, and other, you see how far out of his lane he really is. Yeah. What's he's, funny is he'll even admit, like right. if you listen to him, like he will admit, I am not a fitness expert. Yeah. And and so I will give him credit for that. Like he, he you know, like I said, he's, he's doing his best. He's got to be, he doesn't claim to be a fitness expert. Right. Right. He does recognize like he's an inspiration, a fitness inspiration for a lot of people. And so he does do things in that lane. But I think he'd be he's the first one to tell to coach. you. He's not out no. there trying to yeah, coach Yeah, he's people. like, dude, I'm an idiot. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I'm going to smart people and they're telling me what to do. And then I kind of learn a few things. And so I can kind of have a conversation. But man, don't, you know, kind of I did like that with Pavel and nutrition and mm-hmm. his fucking rant on vegetables. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was so true though. You know what I mean though? Because it is. It's like that, like it, it vegetables are trying to kill you and that's why they're good for you. <laughs> so like they're a necessary evil. Like we don't have, like let's stop pretending like they're goddamn fucking like chocolate cake. You know what I mean? They're not. Like they're not going to taste good. Like they're going to taste, you know, all right, but man, there are like, dude, a good steak. I mean, there are things that like taste good vegetables unless you just go crazy with them you know what i mean like for the most part they're not gonna fall into that realm just like i'd steamed up a bunch of or use my pressure cooker basically so steamed up a bunch of broccoli last night i love steamed broccoli yeah but you know what i'm putting a fair amount of butter and salt on it right you know (laughs) just to take it out of my pressure cooker and eat it yeah you can do it 
but it's not great. I'm not looking wow. forward to it. But if I slather it with butter and put salt on it, like I look forward to it. Like I'll yeah. eat bowls of it. Like oh, this is gonna be a good dinner tonight. Again, that's it's it's good, but in a different way, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's, like vegetables are just never gonna be like like you know. No, they're not a steak. No. no, they're not a steak. They're not a steak. So and that, and it's like yes, okay. Let's just admit it. Let's just admit it. Vegetables suck. <laughs> they suck. They're trying to kill you, but that's why we need to eat them. Uh-huh. I, I am totally on board with that message. But this whole thing of like, no, vegetables are good for you. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not fucking good for you. And But that's why they're good for you. That's why they're good for you. So let's stop with this whole, you know, vegetables are good for you thing. And I did like his whole, like, the antioxidant. It's so important, man, that people understand that. That you can't just shotgun this shit. You know, the isolationist approach to science, man, has led to some half truths and misunderstandings about things so you're looking at like oh they have these free radicals and vegetables and free radicals do this in the body and so well ipso facto that's why eating vegetables is good for you so if you just take the uh the antioxidants out and take them then you're going to get a lot of the same effects as eating vegetables and no no that's not how it works and um it's funny because there's so many of these fucking companies Dude, there's one, um, dude, Kelly's friend is in on it big time and, and keeps trying to get her in on it. One of these multi-level marketing oh, ones. But which, one, which one is it? Do you know? What is it? Um, God dang it. I love no, hearing about these. Like Pro Tandem or Pro, I can't remember the fucking name of it. Huh. On a quick sidebar. Yeah. Uh, wait, let me find out the name. Babe. Yeah. What is that? Uh, what's the multi-level marketing thing that old girl's into? With the vitamins. Life Vantage? Life Vantage? Oh, I've heard of those guys. Life Vantage. Life Vantage. So anyways. As a quick sidebar, I I may have mentioned this. You know, we talked about the AdvoCare thing before. Did you see that they did get found as a pyramid scheme? Yep. And got fined like hundreds of millions of dollars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, we talked about it. Did we talk about that? I forgot about that. I didn't know if I mentioned it. And still, like, you know, what happened, like, how they... It had to have been like a voluntary thing on some level. Like I don't know, but they did. They, I mean, they did get found guilty huh. by the government as a pyramid scheme, and they had, had to pay like 170 million dollars. That's fucking nothing, though. That's what nothing. is that? That's nothing to those that's, guys. It's dropping the bucket. It's dropping the bucket. That's yeah. like me getting fined 100 bucks. Yeah. Like all right, goddamn it here. Huh. Yeah. But anyways, but anyways yeah. Sorry. So that one of their big things is this anti-aging supplement, and it's all antioxidants, and it's all based on you know, antioxidant research and shit like that. And it's just like, it's, that's not it, man. Packing a bunch of antioxidants into a pill is not necessarily fucking doing anything. And, but it's, people love their pills. We talked about it, was I think last episode, where like people don't realize that supplements are the technology, one of the big technologies in the fitness world. And so if you, if you're not seeing the results that you want, it's easy to turn to a technology and be like, if I can just get something that'll help me get better results. And so it's so easy to just keep looking to a supplement because that's what it's pushed on us. You know, that's how the advertising goes. It's like, if you're not seeing the results you want, why is that? Take this supplement. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, you need to work harder. You need to do some other things, but we all know really take the supplement. And we're, and we're so easy to get duped into that. Like if you're not getting the results you want, it's always add something. 
Yeah. And, you know, very rarely are people like, all right, let's strip it down to the bare necessities. Let's yep. see what, it, what it's all like. Oh, add this. You just don't have this in your diet. You don't have this in your training program. Add right. this, add this, add this. Yeah. Next thing you know, you got this big complex list of fucking exercises and supplements. And it's like, all right, what are we doing? Yeah. So, Keep it simple, man. Yeah, that was simple. one of the things. Uh, God, I got the uh, question. It wasn't necessarily related to this. It was about like, uh, um, you know, because with cyclists, the whole like feeding, like, you know, eating X number of grams of carbohydrates per kilogram of body weight every 30 to 45 minutes during intense exercise. Like they have this whole mathematical formula and there's an entire industry of, you know, carb drinks and stuff that are supposed to like, for fueling during exercise. So it's this big thing, stuffing sugar in your face every fucking 45 minutes while you're exercising, right? And so it's a big thing with cyclists and, uh, and so, you know, somebody had written in asking a question and I'm just like, like, this is ridiculous, man, because you're, you're asking about using this supplement strategy, but you know, why, why are you, why are you looking at this? Well, you know, this is what the pros use, right? Cause a lot of times that's what people will fall back on. Like, well, this is the strategy. This is the supplement. This is the thing that people at the top level use. And it's like, okay, what else are those people doing? They're getting nine hours of sleep a night. They're... You know, their training's dialed in, their nutrition's dialed in, they're moderating, they're doing light, hard, and medium training days, and they're, they're cycling them in a, in a sane way. Like, are you doing any of those things? No. But you want to emulate them stuffing sugar in their face every 45 minutes while they're exercising, you know, riding. Like, this is not it, people. So, again, it's like, you know, yeah, you may find some... You know, like I remember when I got uh, almost got involved with USANA, mm-hmm. you know, another one of these ones. And their big thing is that, you know, they got all these Olympic athletes that use their supplements. And so, you know, one, they're safe to take. You know, you're not going to test positive for something. But again, you know, oh, they're helping Olympic athletes achieve Olympic level performance. And I said, yeah, what else are those Olympic athletes doing? Right. And the people that are buying these supplements aren't doing like 90 fucking 5% of that shit. So you think the supplements are, you know, it's like this is. This is backwards thinking, people. Backwards thinking. So if you're gonna if you're gonna follow a strategy because it's what the pros do, you better make sure that you're trying to implement as much of what they're doing as possible. Which you know, good sleep, you know, moderating your training, good nutrition. If these things aren't dialed in, then like, dude, the supplement's not the answer, mm-hmm. man. It's not the answer. But people get it's an easy fix. It's, it's an easy fix. fix yeah. Take this pill, right? It's like if you don't do your stretching, you just take R three. <laughs> and you'll feel fine you'll feel just fine yeah so shameless plug for our uh, our recovery supplement as we speaking of that I, I think my dad ordered some more last night oh nice well he's supposed to anyways I sent him a link yeah he ran out yeah yeah so but anyway so yeah overall though that Pavel interview I thought it was good he had a lot of good info but we gotta well, dude, we gotta talk about the other thing though. what was that the thing that he just glazed over that what he said was best type of training for wrestlers Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. This is important. Yeah, very like, super important, super man. Super important. And we talk about it ad nauseum. And people probably get sick of fucking hearing it. He mentioned it, glossed over it, and Joe didn't pick up on it. No. I was really hoping they were going to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But he... So but, before, before we do... I, like, I want to kind of lead to that, right? Okay, Just okay. a little bit, right? So Because okay. what was funny is I was, I was fucking getting... It was one of these frustrating points listening to him talk because what was he talking about? He was talking about Russian sports science looking at Olympic weightlifters and powerlifters primarily, right? 
Those are those are sports. So they're looking at how to improve your performance in those sports. in those sports and that and that's strength and they're and that's that you know those things aren't strength. They're a display of strength, right? Like a deadlift is not strength. It's a display of strength. Strength is tension control, right? The the, the better you can, the more efficiently you can create it, and the higher levels that you can create, the stronger you're going to be. And then you can display that in different ways. And a deadlift is one way to display strength. That's you know squatting. So. Things get fuzzy there because Powell just presents these things as being strength. Like deadlift is strength. No, it's not. It's not, right? So you're, it's a sport. It, it, doing deadlifts is a sport and it's called powerlifting. And so, and then you're also looking at, uh, you know, track athletes as well. That's a lot of the research that they did. So these are all dynamic movement-based sports. And, and they're just making this assumption that like, that's your sport too. And I was wondering, I'm so glad, cause now we get into like where they talked about wrestlers because I was kept thinking like, well, how did their wrestlers train? Cause we keep talking about their Olympic weightlifters or powerlifters, but if that was the best method, then their powerlifters would be wrestling too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's a skill element, but like if, if, how, if, you know, anyway, so that I was like, man, what did they, what were the wrestlers doing? Like that would be way more applicable to way more people because most people are out there aren't powerlifters they're not olympic weightlifters they're not track athletes you know so what was that and then that came up and i'll let you and then i think his first example was basically he said isometrics time or yeah. attention he he used a little different technique that he explained but it's the same thing so he talked about like the push-up he gave two examples a push-up and a squat so his example of the push-up was you know, you go down to the bottom of the push-up, just where your chest is off the deck. That's the end of your, your that's the deep as you go. And then you come up just before, like, lockout. You know, you don't ever get to the point to where your bones, your bone structure is supporting you. And that's your range of motion. And you just do one, you can do one set, like, maximal effort. Just everything you have. And then, I mean, if you want to do more, yeah. you would wait, like, 15 minutes and then do it again. Yeah. So he talked about that with the push-up. I'm just trying to explain explain it. And then he talked about it with the squat. Same he thing. He talked about the timing. The timing. He said it was like 45 seconds. To a minute. A minute yeah. He said like 30, 30, 30, 30 seconds, seconds to a minute. minute. Yep. And then he talked about like doing the same thing for a squat. Like you get down to the bottom of the squat, not to where you're resting on your calves, but you're right at the, the yeah. top part of it and then coming up just above 90 and then back down. Just yeah. through that range of motion. The he same was talking thing. about the weakest range of motion. And just, you know, staying in that, the, basically the, the toughest part. Constant state of tension. Constant state of tension. Through the weakest range of motion, moving which, slowly. Slowly. Yep. Which you can, I mean, and that's accomplishing basically the same thing as uh, isometric. Where we talk about ramping isometrics all the time. Yeah. It's very similar. It's this very the similar concept, principle. Yeah. The principles are the Super same. Super slow training and isometrics are on like one side of the line and then regular speed and dynamic movement on the other side. And so again, like doing a push up, you know, an isometric would be going to the bottom and just holding, you know, a super slow kind of like Pavel was talking about is setting a timer for 30 seconds to a minute. And you're just working the bottom, the hardest range of motion, moving slowly with it. And then you get to where you're just doing a normal rep, Okay, now, now you're getting into like the dynamic side and then you do an explosive push-up, trying to do a clapping push-up. Now you're in like the dynamic end. And so if there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a line there where you train something different. It's the same movement pattern. You're literally training something very different based on the speed of the movement. And it, that's where a lot of people, they, they don't, they discount that. They mm-hmm. don't give that enough credit. They just keep, uh, you know, push-ups a push-up. And it's like, no, man. 
isometric push-up and a, and, a, and a regular push-up or a super slow push-up. And a, these are two different, two completely different things as far as your body is concerned. And they, they give you two very different adaptations. And, uh, but basically he was saying that that's how the wrestlers That's train. how wrestlers are trained. Yes. And if anyone doesn't know, Russian wrestlers are fucking like as good as Russian Olympic weightlifters were. Russian, Russian wrestlers were just as, terrifying. if not fucking better. Yeah, man, terrifying. Yeah, dude, what was that guy's name? The fucking the Russian beast. Oh, uh, starts with a K. Yeah, uh, God, I can't remember. Kruelin, Kru, something. Alexander like Kruelin or something like that. Yeah, I'm really yeah. Close. I'm probably butchering the name, but yeah. yeah, but like there was almost like kind of a like, dude, is this guy a genetic? Because you look at he his was. Parents, his parents are just tiny, like, tiny and he's just people. this giant monster that other fucking wrestlers would like. They were terrified of this yep. guy, and so you know to just brush over like the success that like oh no, it's not like the Russian wrestlers sucked. You know what were they doing? And uh, but it, what was funny is that actually. The, the way that he led to that was actually poo... He was almost poo-pooing slow training. Right. Because from an Olympic weightlifter, powerlifter, you know, uh, track athlete standpoint, it, you you don't necessarily want to do that. At least not a lot of it. Right. Like, you, it is more specific to what you're doing to, to move and move quickly. And there's a lot of advantages that come to that. And so it was almost like he was saying like, oh, you never want to go slow. You never want to do isometrics. And then, or no, he didn't say that. It was Joe who said, he was basically like poo-pooing it. And then Joe says like, so you'd never want to do that. And then that's where Pavel came in and was like, well, no, it's not that you never want to do it. There's definitely applications for it. And it was just kind of like this, like, you know, if you're doing this or you're doing that, and here's how you kind of do it. You know what I mean? It was just kind of this like real downplayed I don't want to talk about like this. sidebar yeah yeah I'm, I'm not here to talk about this I'm here, here to talk about this yeah. and so you know when they mentioned like that's how the wrestlers train and you know we both had the same thing that's what Steve Maxwell was talking about yep. the either constant tension through you know set of, it's not you're just trying to keep constant tension on the muscle with slow movement and or use isometrics to do the same thing but yeah for wrestlers that's the best fucking thing and so, you know, if you're doing jujitsu, guess what you are? A wrestler. You're a wrestler. So that's the best thing for you to be doing. Like, that's what's going to produce the best results. Training like an Olympic weightlifter, if that's what produced the best results, that's what the fucking wrestlers would have done, man. You don't think they didn't have access to the same shit? So it's like what, what, what they came up with, like, that's the best thing for you. If you're a grappler, you need to be doing isometrics and slow controlled tension stuff. A lot of it. So if you're training like a CrossFitter and you're a jiu-jitsu player, not helping yourself. you're missing the fucking boat, man, because mm-hmm. you are not training the stuff that was found to be most effective for I know, wrestlers. I was really hoping Joe, I, I don't even think Joe heard it. But see, Joe's, Joe's he, a kickboxer. Yeah. He's he, a taekwondo kickboxer. So like, even though he does jiu-jitsu, if you were to like ask him, what are you? He's a striker. Yeah. So he, you know, in his mind, power. This, this power fast, thing, speed. fast, power. Okay, I don't want that. You know, I need power. And, uh, um, you know, so I think that's kind of why, you know, because he sees himself, he's a kickboxer. He's a Taekwondo guy. And so the, the grappling's there. It's part of it, but it's not what he is. And so uh, I think that's why he didn't, like, hone in on it more. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he was a jiu-jitsu guy, I think he probably would have, you know, caught on to that a little bit harder and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what are you saying here? Like, so for me doing jujitsu, is this, this is what I should be doing? This stuff here? But, uh, 
but no, man, that was, that was actually, I'm glad you, you brought that up. Cause that was a super good point that did just kind of get like, <laughs> and, I mean, over. And, he, and I'm not even putting words in his mouth. Like he said, no, this is the best way for wrestlers to train. Yep. yep. This is what wrestlers this, did. This is what wrestlers are doing. Yep. So. It's fucking painful. But it's not sexy. No. But it's effective. Yeah. Cause the thing is, it's like it like grappling is an endurance sport. It's not in like a, a short term explosive sport. You know, you're a power lifter, you're an Olympic weightlifter, like man, you've got to produce maximum effort for, you know, very short period of time. Right? Like you may as a as a power lifter, you may find yourself in some sets that get like maybe close to ten seconds long. Like, right. dude, that would be a super long fucking set. Right. Right? Like most of the time you're talking like five seconds or less and so you're it's just it's a different thing and so but with wrestlers man we're under tension constantly 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 so you want to train those type one fibers like that's the thing is everyone every the sexy fibers are the type two right the fast twitch the because it looks impressive when you can do it right well they're the ones that have the most potential for growth yeah so if you're a bodybuilder you're trying to target them you know yeah they're the ones that you got the most power and, and all this stuff and so you know, there's a prejudice in our fitness community towards training those type two fibers and almost this like dismissive, like type ones, whatever, dude, you know, they'll come along for the ride, but they're almost just, they're taking up space. If more of you would act like your type two brothers, things would be fucking better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's kind of the attitude and, but no man, you need to train those type one fibers. And the way to do that is through endurance, like sustained tension. And the only way to do that is through super slow constant tension or isometrics so yeah it's 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 uh interesting and i would argue that your average person would probably benefit more from that than explosive shit you need some explosive shit for sure but man if you're gonna fall you're not gonna fall because you're not explosive enough you're gonna fall because you're not stable enough yep so if you're trying to like you know just train yourself for just you know being able to interact with your environment with integrity like you need to like that shit is way more valuable than your ability to fucking like I don't know like max bench press or vertical jump or like I don't I don't know like like what would but it does it so yeah it's good it was an interesting interview but there was you know good info about how to if there was if there is something that you know the that Pavel does a good job of is is communicating the idea like you can't smash yourself all the time you have to have a plan you have to have a plan and you know he talked about several different plans and there's a bunch of different ways to do it periodization but, the history of it and yeah step loading versus fucking variable variable loading, loading and he's loading. When, when it comes to training yeah like, he's not dumb no 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 again but you gotta look at a lot of those things are from uh come from powerlifting olympic weightlifting yep. research so again there's a little it but it's uh you need a plan but if you're just going in the gym every day and it's just kill yourself battle, every day you're going to battle you know that was that was his point when they were talking about ronnie coleman i thought that was a really good point again man, i love ronnie coleman like i don't he's so inspiring he's, he's so, so inspiring but look at the end result yeah man and so like could he have achieved the same thing without ending up with a fucking disintegrated lower back if you know he had had a different approach to it and maybe maybe not right like you'll never know but it was a good point that's kind of one of the problems with bodybuilding is because like they don't in absence of a true sport you almost make your workouts your sport and so it's like who can push themselves harder and longer in the gym because that that's your sport mm -hmm. 
And so uh, it, I think it was a lot easier for what he was saying to apply to like an athlete. Like if you do jujitsu, yeah, man, like you shouldn't be going in the gym uh, going to 100%. Like that's not, you follow the plan. You have a plan and you follow the plan and the plan shouldn't be going to war every time you set foot in the gym. That's just not the place for it. Well, he touched on that, you know, um, you know, champions and how they treat their training. Yeah. You treat it like a blue collar worker. You show up, you stick to the plan, you do the job, and then you go home. Yeah. You don't go in there, just like you're saying, you don't go in there and just murder yourself. No. Just one more rep. One more rep. Yeah, push through. Yeah, push one through. more rep thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's like, that's not how champions, champions are built. He would use the term platform uh, on a stage, on the platform. That's where it's time to be a hard motherfucker and sacrifice yourself, you know, at risk of injury, but you're, that's your competition. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't have that same mindset in the gym. You're in the gym training smart. Yeah. And hard. Yeah, and yeah. You have a plan. Plan. Stick to the plan. Yeah. I mean, the bulk of your workouts are going to be what, uh, you know, Dan John calls punch the card. Yeah. Or punch the clock workouts, the man. Clock. You're just showing up. You're putting in the work. And you're going home. Nothing spectacular. Nothing, you're, you know, doing a good job, but nothing spectacular, man. You're just showing up. You're putting in the work. That's what, that's the fucking core of jiu-jitsu, man. Mm-hmm. Like, jiu-jitsu training is the same way. Like, the bulk of your training days are going to be... Punch the clock, man. Mm-hmm. I'm showing up. I'm putting in the work. You know? And it's not going to be anything spectacular. But, man, that stuff starts to add up. And then that starts to, like, build. You know, not, now, you know, because you're going to have spectacular days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have normal days. And most of them are going to be normal. And, and But, like, the higher level you take your normal days, like, the higher your spectacular days are going to be. And the not quite as bad your down days are going to be kind of thing so like that's the whole idea again like they talk about you know if you raise your 80 percent your 100 percent is going to come along for the ride too you don't always have to be smashing your head against that 100 percent ceiling to force it higher you can force that 80 percent that punch the clock effort and that'll get better you know you keep training it's like dude your first weekend your 80 percent effort is garbage bullshit you know after a few years it's hey man it's pretty good mm-hmm. I'm, my punch the clock is pretty good it's what my spectacular days used to be, or better than what my spectacular days used to be. And uh, so, yeah, but you got to put in that work, man. You got to put in that work, but have that plan. No, it's going to be a long-term thing. That was the other thing he kept emphasizing is like, man, this is, it's a long-term thing. You know, I, I, I don't think he ever like really said it, but just he kept like, that was kind of one of his, his points is like, man, you have to look at like, this is over a long period of time that these adaptations and these changes take place. Like you're not going to get these things in like some six week quick fix program program. Yeah. 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 Like you can use those things to like build momentum or kind of get things going, but it's like, yeah, dude, you got years doing this. And so that's one of the things I think jujitsu does such a great job of, right? Like, cause if you come into the fitness world, does anyone sit you down and tell you, look, brother, it's going to be 10 years before you've got this shit you know, figured out, you feel pretty good, everything's going, even then it's just going to be, you're, you're going to keep getting better, right? It's like, no, no one has that conversation with you. Because it doesn't sell shit. No. You come in and they're like, dude, we're going to, you're going to lose fucking 10 pounds in six months. Six I'll have you looking good by summertime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. yeah. And it's like, no one has that conversation. Like, look, man, this is a lifetime thing. But that's, you know, you come into jujitsu and you're having that conversation. We have that conversation with new people to help them frame it properly you know, and it's still hard because you still lose people, man. It's not easy. It's not easy to grind things out. But if you have the right mindset and you know why you're doing it, 
and just have faith in the process. I think that's the thing, you know, is with the professional athletes or, or, you know, those pros he was talking about, like they have faith in the process. That's why they can show up and just do the workout. Mm -hmm. They're not freaking out because they're like, oh man, I don't know. Maybe I should do one more rep here. It's like, nope. They trust the process. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually, I was just listening to an interview with Joe DeFranco uh, the other day. You know, high-level strength coach. Yeah. He's trained a ton of NFL guys. You know, and that's that's how his claim to fame right? and how he got into, you know, the public eye was he was getting a lot of guys ready for the combine. Yeah. Um, but he knows his shit, and he was talking about that. He was like, yeah, man. He's like, a lot of these pro athletes, dude, they don't like training. They don't like coming in. He's like, there's some of them that do. He's like, but a lot of them just know that's a necessary evil. And he was, they show up and they punch the clock. They know it's going to make their career last longer. It's going to prevent injuries so they can make more money and they can stay in the game as long as possible. He's like, no, they're not super pumped on it. It's like eating your vegetables. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> your workouts but, are trying to kill you and that's like, why they're good for you. He's like, but they show up and they do it. Yeah. And he's like, a lot of them don't dig it. Yeah. He's like, but the good ones know that they have to. That's it, man. And that's where like, you know, motivation versus just discipline comes in and because motivation is fleeting or it can be a, a, just kind of a, a personality flows. thing it, it too, is. right? And some do, some days I feel super motivated and other days I'm like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, me. Yeah. Me too. But again, you do have those, those people who they enjoy training. Right. You know, I think most people enjoy their sport. And like you said, they understand, they recognize it's a necessary evil. What's up, brother? Hi. Is it time for a Pokemon update? Yes. Okay. So this Pokemon update is um, uh, this card is Braviary. It does thirty damage, which is Wing Attack and Dual Cut eighty, and the attack is Dual Cut, which does eighty plus damage. It's uh, rare, and um, it, this is the last stage of it. And the first stage is um, it's ruffle. It's uh, um, it says right here evolves from ruffle. And how many hit points does it have? One hundred. Ooh, that's pretty good. Mhm. Mm and I have a Pokemon which has way more hit points. Yeah. 270. The Dragonite GX, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I thought they lost it for a second at one time. But no, we got it. Why do you like that guy? Because I like um, like what he looks like. His picture is pretty cool. Can mm -hmm. I see the picture? What would you say it looks like if you were trying to describe him? He looks like a hawk with... um. Uh, he looks like a hawk, a giant hawk with a, a red and yellow and a red and yellow feathers, and on the bottom of him is black, and his beak is yellow, and um, he also has blue feathers on the very back of his tail. And he has really sharp claws on his um on his feet, which his feet are yellow. And on the top there are three claws, and on the bottom there's one. Okay, so it sounds like if you were to wrestle that guy, you better get on his back. Yeah, you don't want to mess with those claws. No. Mm -mm. No, get or on his beak. back. Rear naked choke. Or his beak. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, buddy. Well, we appreciate the Pokemon update. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah. Any other news from first grade? You did your performance this week. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Good. Good? Mm-hmm. How was your line? What was your line? I don't Okay, that's right. fine. <laughs> Too I much... I already said it once in the podcast. That's true. That's true. He doesn't want to overdo it. It's yes. good. Got to leave the audience wanting more. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right on, brother. Well, we're going to, I think it's about time for us to start wrapping up. Yep. Okay. We got to go do Grumpy Guy here soon. Okay. And so. I don't want to do jujitsu. Well, we'll talk about that. Come on, man. My breakfast is ready. Cool. Yep. Thanks, dude. Bye, Barry. <laughs> You guys are out. There's a craft fair. I might leave early to go to. Okay. Just so you know. That sounds sounds uh, interesting. If you want me to wait for you, I can. No, I appreciate the offer. I'll have to pass in the craft fair. Arts and crafts fair. Yeah. One more thing. Uh, on the bottom of it, it kind of has a rainbow, like uh-huh. like the where the attack is and stuff. Okay. Cool. Thanks, dude. All right. Okay. All right. See you in a bit. <laughs> Cool, Pokemon update. So wouldn't be a complete episode without it. No, no, not yet. So, anyways, yeah. So forgot where the fuck we were, but ranting on how wrestlers should train. Yes, yeah. Isometrics. So if you're doing jujitsu, you need to be getting getting in on it some. So yeah. make a part of it, and uh, yeah, kettlebells are. Good, but they're a good tool. They're a good tool. Yeah, yeah, they are a good tool, but you just gotta understand their limitations, what they're good for. Yep. Yeah. What they're when they're not good for. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, we're still big fans of the Turkish get up. Great exercise. Sandbag may be better. I don't dislike the kettlebell Turkish get up. No. You know, it's I think it's a good tool. Yeah, presses with them. There's a lot of good things. There is, man. I st- I still do kettlebell swings sometimes. You know, just just yeah. just cause like, oh yeah, I haven't done these in a while, let's do them. I yeah. prefer my heavy Indian club. You know, just the grip's better, obviously. We've talked about it a million times, but no, man, they're a good tool. Yeah. Just don't drink the Kool-Aid. And no, don't go too far. Yeah. Everything, you can take everything too far. Yeah. Just don't take the, it too far. Not the end-all, be-all of training tools, for sure. Nope. So, yeah, and do your isometrics, people. Yeah. So, yeah, we're actually going to be, uh, I guess, a little, like, Fruity BJJ update. We got the mats down last weekend, I think. Yeah, we had our, it was last Saturday. Yeah. And then so. we had a first little... On unofficial training session. Unofficial training session, yeah. That night after we taped them. Got a few rolls in, and then uh, you actually had uh, Adam and Deborah came in on Tuesday night or Wednesday night mm-hmm. and uh, trained. Oh, nice. A little bit. So, yeah, just kind of getting some unofficial stuff going. So, I think next week I'm going to put something, you know, on social media. And obviously, by the time people listen to this, it'll be too late, anyways. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to do like a, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Just have like an open house slash open mat. So, nice. you know, people can come by and train or people in the town want to come by and check it out. I got questions or whatever. I'll probably do like, you know, Monday the following week. And then I am going to have my birthday party at the gym. Sweet. So my birthday is on Friday the 27th. And so, yeah, we're going to do a, a fucking birthday BJJ bash. You going to roll? Fuck yeah. All right, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Good birthday party there. Yeah, that's going to be the whole point. So... It's uh, rolling will be optional, but it's definitely going to be an option. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be an option. So, and then, yeah, man, first week of January is coming up quickly. So that's when we're officially opening and getting classes started. And, uh, 
yeah, looking forward to it. It's oh, kind yeah. of one of those I can't wait to get like like doing it. You know, just all the the, the preliminary build up stuff is uh, fun up to a point, but eventually you're just like I just want to I just want to fucking start coaching, yeah. get things going. So uh, so yeah, it's exciting though. It's all came together well. So appreciate how you had a big. Uh, Big hand in helping get the mats down. Appreciate your help with that. It turned out pretty good. Yeah, it turned out great, man. Been in, like I said, a couple times and worked out and did another training on it and tape staying down good. So, yeah. Think, Sweet. think we did good. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I'll have to sit down. Uh, I got a curriculum from Lance. I want to look at like, oh, yours. I'm yeah, not, I'm not 100% done with mine. I, I kind of put the brakes on it because I wanted to see what Lance had. Yeah, and then maybe just build on that or go from the. You know, I didn't like. I, I got in. I'm. I think I got like seven weeks, seven you know lessons yeah. or eight lessons written out or something like that. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, let's back off. Yeah. Let's see, see what he's got. See be and then go from there. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's just like 37 techniques. So it's basically like the white to blue belt. Uh, curriculum nice which is the the basics uh class it's like a 16 week um curriculum but uh yeah it's funny man i'm looking through it and i'm like yeah she's pretty good you should know that and you should know that like there was nothing you know that i saw where i was like i bet you it's pretty solid yeah oh i'm I'm sure what he's doing yeah they all know what they're doing yeah for sure no doubt my mind no they've, they've been doing it for a while and produced a lot of good a lot of good people so uh yeah it'd be a good one to to build on but yeah, so we got the curriculum we'll be working off of, but it'll be, be good to, yeah, just get in there and start start doing it. Doing so. the thing, yeah. Yeah, I, know, I got the schedule. I don't know if I showed that. I saw it sitting out there. I haven't looked yeah, at it. I just saw it sitting on the cover. Kind of preliminary thing, but, uh, so yeah, man, coming together. Hell yeah. And, uh, but anyways, so there's the free BJJ update. I don't have any updates. No? I don't know what I'd be updating on. Yeah, that's fine. No, I don't have anything intelligent to share. Ready to go train. Ready to go train, yeah. You're running the show today. Am I? Grumpy guy. I couldn't remember. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's kind of what I was, we're going to do. Oh, that's why I wanted to, uh, when I get there, I'm putting together some <laughs> ideas for like the 30 minute version of the Grumpy Guy class that I was talking for about. In between yeah. classes. Yeah. yeah, so the idea is to have like a class from 5.30 to 6.30. And then have like a 30 minute, you know, atomic strength training class, you know, which is basically like a grumpy guy. Uh, and then another class after that so that people can either stay or come in early or, or do both. But, you know, making that because uh, the isometrics in the mobility, I mean, we just talked, touched on it. It's like, dude, if you, if you want to improve your performance and you want to be injury resistant, you have to work on those two things. And so, uh, yeah, so just making it available easily available but i got a couple ideas just to keep it simple you know like have a basic warm-up you know like three different warm-ups you know a few different routines and then like a couple mobility you know kind of like the frog the lizard you know and and then that way we can kind of have like a rotating thing so it's not the same thing all the time but it is we got structure yeah there's a structure to it like people follow oh we're doing workout three today yep yeah 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 exactly and then that way people over time they'll get exposed to these things um enough but not just the same damn thing all the time because i know everybody's not like me i just i get into a fucking routine man and i just i do it it. Yeah. yeah yeah so which can be good and bad but uh so anyways excited to get everything going man get see how it works see if people like it and then, uh, so, 
That's it. Let's call it a wrap. Let's call it a wrap, right. man. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Yeah.